Welcome, everybody, to Inside the Natural State. I am uh, sitting here watching Zach, a very white man, dance like a very white man on the other side of this table. That's what I do. (laughs) That was disturbing. Don't ever do that again. I don't don't recommend it at all. No, because I think I just threw my back out. Oh, that hurt. They don't even move. Like, how do you throw your back out just moving your wrists and It's called Sarket. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) That escalated real quick. So... Oh, music's back. All right. <laughs> well All done, right. Will. Our producer's playing with buttons over there, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Well, he's oh, never mind. I'm playing with Whoa! Oh, oh, he beat me Hello. to it. Oh, so, he beat me to it. Wow. This one's already started off great. Wow. It's only going to get better. You guys, seriously. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the guest yet. Just, and, oh, and it's, man. It's, I'm excited about <laughs> we're it, We're already dude. editing, and we haven't got to the guest who we're going to have to edit the whole freaking podcast for. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, so so joining us tonight is uh, is is myself, your host Steve. And no, our you really? You think Zach over there, and then our producer Will's hanging out. I, I will. He doesn't want to talk tonight. Hey, hey! Oh my God, we got a word out of him. Maybe the only word we get out of him tonight after uh, after we our guest. <laughs> you slap Nick, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to give it away. Anybody that uh, that watches, um, anybody who anybody who listens or who, who's watched uh, the Netflix series Last Chance You, you're going to be excited and you're going to want to hang around because here in just a few minutes we're going to have Jason Brown on with us and um, it should be absolutely exciting. So, uh, what are what you doing that? over there? Why are you? What what I'm what I'm if not even going to ask. Slap what? that out again. <laughs> <laughs> all I, look, all I saw was him doing this over there, man. He was wagging. I was like, what the? What is he? What? No, wow. No. Okay. <laughs> How does it? Bl- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall out of your chair, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This is going to be a fun night, you guys. This I need alcohol. Fun. I need more than alcohol, maybe. So, <laughs> whoa, man. Whoa, whoa. This has been a, and this if you do been, share. This has been a <laughs> not going into that. This That could make this podcast interesting. So, oh, man, we're going to, we're going to, we our final this is, episode. <laughs> this is, yeah, right. This is week two of our new social media, our Twitter handles. Do we so, remember them? Because I, I don't. At NSS underscore Steve. At NSS underscore Zach. At NSS underscore Will. Did he, he hesitated. You saw that. I think he did it on purpose. I wanted to change mine on, on, on behalf of, of, your, of your buddy, Andy. Yeah. Good shout out on the podcast. To Blind Pig. Well, you can change your Or name. Blind and Confused Pig. Yeah. Blind and Dazed. Dazed. Dazed and Confused. Whatever it was, I don't remember. Dazed and Confused Pig, but I don't know if people would pick up on that. Yeah. Anyway. But so searches, uh, search for us, uh, Natural State Sports, on all your social media um, avenues. And make sure you subscribe, like, subscribe, share the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Uh, you're not going to want to miss our guests coming up today and over the next couple of uh, over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. we got a pretty sweet list that Will over here has put together for us. So pretty excited about that. Um, we can no longer. I, I can't. I can't. I can't take him seriously tonight. <laughs> You just holster that thing before you put somebody's eye out. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh. All right, I'm going to click a different link. On, never mind. Whoa, hey, no, none of that. Hang on, here it comes. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, so. whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Whoa, this has gotten off to one hell of a start. <laughs> Everybody who has not crashed their cars. 
Oh, what? Will's doing something. Oh crap! He's what are you doing? What? Listen to this. Losing twenty-one games in a row. You have. Why are you doing commercials about the hogs? Uh, <laughs> I thought he was talking about the Cowboys there for a minute. Twenty, year, 20 years in the, out of the playoffs. Uh, so. uh, twenty-one straight games. Oh no! Yeah, right. Oh, I'm hitting buttons. Wrong ones. That is. <laughs> Wow. Well, quit slapping your dick. In that whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> okay. That's it. I quit. I'm out. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. They just teed up Calipari. Nope. I wondered how long it was going to take him. He was on the other side of the midcourt strike. The crowd did good. They just threw him out of the game. They just threw him out of the game. He's gotten his second technical, and he's been thrown out of the ball game. Listen to the crowd at Bud Walton Arena. And not a not so subtle transition. <laughs> right. That was that was a way to kill it. <laughs> but I tell you, I was watching that game at uh, Dave and Buster's with Katie and my brother. And uh when they when they threw him out, I completely lost my mind. I was jumping around screaming. Katie leans over and goes, Calm down, you're gonna get us thrown out. But there was all of us were just yelling and screaming about it. I think if you were a hog fan and you weren't yelling and screaming in that moment, there's something wrong with you. Because I think everybody did you see uh the Kentucky players holding their yeah. ears? Yeah, fingers in their ears, and, and I think Hagens has come out since and even under the riders, it's the loudest arena they've ever been in. So I think we can we can officially end the debate as to whether or not Bud Walton Arena is loud this year. Um I, I want to know what how, how the, the decibel level that, that registered uh, at that moment. It, it, I've heard a lot of people say they never felt a building r- rattle like that building did when that happened, like that building did when it happened. So even for a loss though, that that crowd hands down to c- good job guys yeah. at Bud Walton 192 yeah. yeah i mean it was a it sellout. was capacity was crowd um good job by the fans there um not so good job by the hogs in finishing um unfortunately they came up short in a game that they really should have won uh possibly one of their worst performances of the year it was uh, it was rough it, it wasn't good it was it was i mean it was frustrating when you look at the stats i mean the hogs ended up shooting just 33 percent from the field eight from eight for 26 from overall for for uh, yeah. um three-point range i mean nobody was hidden yeah i mean 31 percent from three 67 percent from the free throw line only you know 29 I mean? rebounds and kentucky's got 47 i mean when but here's the thing as far as defensive rebounds go we knew we, were, we don't have a big guy so we knew the rebound thing was going to happen yeah and i mean 21 rebounds isn't bad but again we gave them way too many opportunities to rebound shooting 33 percent whereas you know kentucky shot 44 percent for the game um you know you know both teams kind of played pretty close kentucky just Jumped out to a 12-point lead there at one point, and uh, the fouls were pretty close. I didn't think the game was called, you know, terribly either one way or the other. Well, but, I mean, even you've jumped my case on on blaming it on the refs from time to time. Yeah, and I don't think there was any of that in this game. I think, you know, the the telling part about this game is, and we you played the clip there just a minute ago, but um, with 14-44 left in the half, Arkansas trailed 42-34. For the next four minutes, Kentucky didn't score a basket. 13-2 run. Well, no, no, no. This was before that. So from the 14-44 mark to the roughly 11-minute mark, Kentucky didn't score a point, and Arkansas really couldn't capitalize. They they got it within 42-40, but we had opportunity after opportunity opportunity in that four minute yeah. stretch where we really could have taken a probably a five six seven point lead we just didn't we didn't do it and then of course there with the uh with the with when when cal got ejected i mean of course i made this point i made this point on twitter was um you know 
it was it was an awesome moment. It was an awesome you know it was an awesome thing to see. And, and as Razorback fans, it was great to to be able to yell at our TVs or yell at him from the stands. I mean, even Dave Van Horn waving goodbye when he gets thrown. That out was, was great. Awesome. That was that. I wish I could print that off and but, frame it. But unfortunately, and I wouldn't say the fans, but maybe the players exerted the the the, the majority of what energy they had left on their on their celebration of of well, Cal Perry being thrown out. And here's my defense on that, though, Steve. They only started one freshman. I think if I read that stat right, they only, Kentucky only started one freshman. Well, I mean, I don't think I don't think that matters. I mean, Kentucky's a little different squad this year with how they're <laughs> trying to mix and match their lineup. So I don't know that that's as big a deal. But think, I mean, to me, so when that double technical happened at the eight eighteen mark, it was forty four to forty four. Mm-hmm. Mason hits three of the four free throws. Hogs are up forty seven forty four. From that moment on to the two forty four minute moment to the two forty four mark in the game. So at at eight eighteen left in the game. The Hogs were up three with 244 left in the game. It was 61 49. It was a four, what, 14 to five run after Cal got, got tossed from that game. It really lit a fire under Kentucky. Um, I think you know, you saw maybe <laughs> Will kind of made a point, but well, before we started recording, but you know, maybe, um, maybe the assistant coach because he made some changes in playing two bigs and doing a little bit different after uh, Cal got thrown. I mean, Maybe their assistant coach is a better coach than Cal because he made well, some adjustments that really switched that changed things around for their their benefit. Cal never showed up the post game presser either. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty classless move. I mean, I know you're upset. I know you got chunked. I know you want to make it about your team and you don't want to get out there and start answering questions about yourself and what happened. But you know those questions are going to come, whether it be at that press conference or a couple of days later at the you know to you know the press press conferences this week. So I I don't know. I thought that was pretty classless. Not surprising. Cal's a classless individual anyway, but, and, and, and so it's, I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the optics of it, but All right, well, like, it didn't, it didn't look good it. on his part. No, but, but not let surprising. me ask you this. Um, we knew going into the season, expectations were going to be low. Okay. Right. Anything they have done to this point is just overachieving it at this rate. Did we not expect that depth would come into play, especially in a game like this. I don't even think depth was an issue in this game. We got, though. but man, I, I've, I've not seen us get this cold all season. Well, they haven't, but I mean, a lot of that give credit to what Kentucky was doing and, and also give credit. I mean, to some of that, this was a hype game. I mean, and, and look, I got in a ton of arguments with folks going into this on social media. Yeah, you did. And, and people calling out, calling me out because of this whole Dick Vitale thing and what, what Dickie V had to say and talking about Big Blue Nation. He couldn't even do the and call all, call right. And, uh, and that's fine. People can hate on Dickie V all they want, but the whole situation, I feel like, my personal opinion is it got blown way out of proportion. Um, but, you know, the the whole you can't tell me that there's not more energy for a Kentucky game. You can't tell me that when Kentucky comes into an arena, it doesn't matter if it's Arkansas or if it's Memphis or if it's, you know, Oregon. It doesn't matter. When Kentucky comes into your arena, it creates a bigger buzz. How many games this year were students camped out at six o'clock in the morning to get tickets? None, zero, nada. How many games this year were coaches delivering food to player to, to students sitting in line for eight hours? None. We've not had that happen this year. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying for those who thought that Vital's that, that Dickie V's comments were misguided because of how he worded it and talking about the fan base and and Kentucky come. It's true. When when those blue Smurf looking morons show up on your campus, <laughs> fans show up. 
and the Razorbacks play harder. It's just how it works. Okay, so let me ask you this, Steve. Okay, we've got Mississippi State. I think that's at Mississippi State. Yeah, we're at Mississippi State, and, and then home against. Do you think we're going to see the same atmosphere with TCU in the Big 12 showcase? I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with that Mississippi State game. You know, this fan base can be fickle at times, and I can see – I could see the things – you know, I could see the the excitement not being as high, especially if you go down and, and, and Reggie Perry dominates inside and, and Mississippi State comes away with a win in that game. Yeah, because they, they're they coming off a win against uh, Georgia. Yeah. No. 30, yeah. Georgia. 30-point yeah, beatdown. Yeah, they absolutely annihilated Georgia. So, I mean – Oh, by the way um, – before I forget, Texas just who cares? Stomp. Well, Katie, Katie's going to be listening to this podcast because I told her. Well, Texas and, sucks. Yeah, Texas just got a what like a forty point beat down. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, sorry. But. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I. I'm not worried about where this team is right now. I don't know what the fans support, what things, what the energy. I can say this. The energy won't be the same for TCU. You don't you, think? No. I mean, TCU's not that highly thought of, as highly thought of as a Kentucky. It'll be a big game. I'm not saying it. I mean, it's a sellout. It, it, the atmosphere will be fun. But I don't think we're going to see people camped out waiting to get in the game at 6 o'clock Saturday morning. Do you agree with the sentiment of Arkansas's back? I think it's a little early for that. I think I think the excitement for Arkansas basketball is back, but I think we have to be a little bit careful. Well, I think I think it's building. I don't think we're back yet, but it's definitely definitely building. Yeah, and I mean, Muss is doing a great job. The schedule's lended itself for them to be where they are right now. Uh, you know, obviously, as we look ahead to to some more of the schedule going down the road, thing, things get significantly more difficult. You know, like I said, you got Mississippi State this week, uh, TCU at home. You get South Carolina at home. I mean, that's a three-game stretch that, you know, it's a, it's a very important three-game stretch. But three games that this squad can realistically get wins in. Um, and so, and really, you got four here with Alabama after that before Auburn comes to town. And I think that Auburn game's your next opportunity, even though it is during the week. That's your next opportunity. We're going to see the atmosphere like we saw with Kentucky. Do you remember last year? And again, I'm, I'm I know I'm going to be comparing apples to oranges here. But do you remember last year when Dave Van Horn came out preseason for baseball and he said, "Don't expect to be ranked. Don't expect this. Don't." And and they, you know, he came out and basically said, "It's a down year. Don't expect to make Omaha." Right. Got to Omaha and went zero and two. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of the expectation you want with basketball at this point. You get to the tournament. If you don't make it past the first round, it's not a bad thing. You got to the tournament, don't you think? I mean, again, I'm I'm comparing apples and oranges because baseball and basketball are two totally different sports, and I understand that. But I'm kind of making that correlation between is that the mindset? Because look, did you see Eric Musselman in his post game? Yeah, I mean, he was he, he just he, he dejected, looked like somebody just beat the tar out of him. He just wouldn't look up. It that's kind of where I'm headed with it. Is if even if we get to at this point in the season, our expectations are low. Nobody anticipated the baseball team to get home, get to Omaha last year. I everybody's making a big stink about us being ranked or, or us being not being ranked. Yep. I want to go as long as humanly possible not being ranked. Well, and it's going to take a while at this point. And it doesn't matter. The rankings aren't going to matter because at the end of the season, if they're good enough and if things if things play out like they should, then then this this team will be in the tournament. I, I'm 
still on the fence as to whether or not this is a tournament team. I know what the bracketology says, and I know what people say, and I know where we stand in the net, and I know. But I mean, the SEC season is a grind, and we're what? Uh, we're only what four, four games, games into in? three games into it, whatever. So I mean, one, two, five, three, four, five games, five in. games in. So I mean, you're five games into SEC play. You're you're currently three and two. Um, we're you know what. Tied for third with Auburn right now, who's coming off a couple of really bad losses. Yeah, but it, but that's the point. Well, the, SEC, my- the SEC is is is. It's a they're it's a battle it's a yeah. grind. There's going to be a lot going on over these next several weeks. You still got what 13 more games or something yeah. in, in SEC play. So I mean. I don't know. I don't know where this team, I don't know where this season ends. If this season ends in the tournament, like you said, yes, I agree. You get to the tournament and and really a team like this, you never know what kind of run they can make. But if this team gets to the tournament, then yeah, I mean, it's a win. If this team, again, if this team only wins 18 to 19 games, it's a win. I mean, this season, there was a lot to rebuild. There was a lot to, yeah. you know, a lot to change. You know, again, he was, he inherited some good pieces. Isaiah Joe, Mason Jones has made it, you know, well, he's even, turn. he's even taken the team from last year and literally redeveloped them. I mean, uh, look at, look at Adriel Bailey. Yeah. And Prime I mean, example. I mean, Adrio just, he's getting the max out of Adrio that, that, that Mike wasn't when he was here. So you saw these things out of Adrio and it's awesome to see him buy in and, and, and really, and really push and, and make, make a difference because he's an important piece. His energy in the first few minutes of that game was in, insane. I mean, you know, the three, he hit that three, that was nothing, but barely moved the net. He had a couple of blocks and steals there early. He was playing like a man possessed and, and, you know, Arkansas needs more of those guys, except they need to be a hair taller <laughs> and it would help Arkansas tremendously. You know, you look at what's coming in hopefully next year. And I think, you know, we're going to be, you should be in a much better position. One of my biggest fears this at the end of the season is you get to the tournament and then you just completely get annihilated in the first round by some of these outside competitions that we haven't played. Now, granted, you're looking at, to me, I'm grading the season week to week, but what I'm not looking for, I basically I'm looking for consistency out of, out of the, the, the five guys. Yeah. Okay. Cause you're only playing what? Seven, eight guys at most. Seven, yeah. So at that point, you know, you go 0-2 in a week, everybody's going to start losing their minds. But if you've noticed, after the LSU loss, uh, after the Western Kentucky loss, okay, this team comes back and battles back. They're not afraid to face adversity. Well, and this team's going to battle nonstop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's one thing that you haven't seen in the last couple of years. Right. I mean, you have seen this team kind of let go a little bit at times. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. Um, you know, the fight of this team's going to continue things rolling, and they're going to be in good shape. Um, but, again, I'm on the fence. I mean, 14-3, and 3-2 three, three in conference. We'll see how this season ends up. Um, I do think the Hogs go two and zero this week, though. I think they handle business in these two games, and and uh, and and I think that we'll be in a good spot going into next week, and 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 this last this finishing run in SEC play as we start to really kind of battle yeah. battle these SEC teams. So I think they'll be. I think they're going to be fine. We'll see how the depth works out. We'll see how the size hurts them, but. The guards are quick enough. You know, you can't shoot 33%. You, no, you got to shoot in the not. 40s for sure. Anything above, you know, 40% is a bonus, but you got to be in the mid 40s if you can get there. So, right. But, uh, dude, are, are you are you ready for what happens next? Man, are, 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 are you folks out there listening ready for what's going on? I don't next? think they're ready for this. I don't know. It's going to be fun, man. So, coming up next is J 
Jason Brown uh, from Last Chance U at uh, Independence Community College in Kansas, and uh, we look forward to having Jason on. And, and I'm and, excited. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna try Don't want to miss fall it. Fall out of my chair. Come back. This episode of Inside the Natural State is brought to you by Mountain Valley Spring Water. Since 1871, bottled in glass straight from the Washita Mountains. Visit mountainvalleyspring.com today to find your local distributor. Six to nothing, 63 to nothing. It's hard to get yourself to go and watch. The truth is, it all comes down to the coach. I think everybody knew we had to find somebody really good. The game's over. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. Look this right here, this block right here. Probably the worst neighborhood in the country. And I was the only one of my skin tone out here. <laughs> get your hands in the air. I was a two-time junior college All-American, broke all the records in Southern California. I got a free agent shot with the Kansas City Chiefs and played arena football and started coaching right away. I do believe I'm the best recruiter in America. I'm going to try to get them all. His style is a lot more bombastic than what Kansans are used to. I shouldn't have drank last night. What did they say? Rally? Rally. Puke and rally? It was just a question, would he fit with our way of, of doing business? You all think you're hard. You couldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight where I'm from, old boy. He knows how to talk in the language that those youngsters understand. He's the Suge Knight of football. <laughs> Jason Brown is a pioneer in his sport. I'm a master motivator. I ain't no regular-ass motivator. When you get off the bus, they have already lost the game when you get from Compton to Cal Tipping, we have Coach Jason Brown joining us now on the on the podcast. Coach, how you doing tonight? I'm good. How you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. I got Zach here, my co-host with me. Uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight. What's going on, Coach? Hey, how you doing, man? Appreciate you having me. So, you know, we, we wanted to get you on. Obviously, the, the hype and, and excitement of, uh, of the, the last chance you and, and all that. But, of course, here in Arkansas, you know, our eyes are on, on an ex-player of yours in Rakeem Boyd. So, uh, we, like I said, we definitely appreciate you joining us um, and, and just want to kind of shoot some football with you here and, and maybe some other things. But uh, um, start it off, um, you know, let us know, you know, uh, Give us a little bit of your coaching background and uh, what led you to ICC and um, and why ICC. Uh, shoot, man, I've been coaching shoot seventeen years now, so this is my first year off in twenty five years as a player and a coach combined. So it feels good to be chilling for the most part for a year, um, or at least better part of the year anyway. But uh, shoot, I'm a California JUCO guy, man. I coached. Uh, you just about you name it. I coached it at uh, somewhere, some shape, some form in California, and then went out to Kansas after I did a. Uh, I was a head high school coach in here in California, uh, in a powerhouse conference with the powerhouses like Long Beach Poly and St. John Bosco and Modern Day powerhouses. Those those are nationally prominent school high schools, and uh, you know made the playoffs every all four years there. They had never been to the playoffs and in the history of the school. And so we did some good things there. I got some kids college, you know, got scholarships and I got a job offer to go to garden city, Kansas to be the offensive coordinator. And, uh, and so I took that job and then, uh, you know, everybody knows that story. I kind of left there and got the independent job. Uh, the athletic director, Tammy called me and, uh, my uh, recruiting reputation was one that people wanted to interview me about, so I I got the interview and and and, and took advantage of it and took the independent position and 
you know, kind of, kind of made history, I guess. Coach, kind of going to where your coaching style came in. I mean, how did it develop, and where did it come from? Um, I don't know if it's developed, man. I think it's more of a what I call the it factor. I think as a player, I think I had it, and then as a coach, uh, kind of just translates into being a coach as, as having that it factor, which I I define as having an executive presence. You know, the guy that the that the the, the guys wanted to pick on your basketball team, or the prom queen wanted to date, or what have you. It's that executive presence and that and that it factor and. Uh, I just have always seemed to have it. I mean, uh, uh, it, and then the, the other part of your question is, I think I'm just a product of my environment. And, uh, you know, I've always had to turn over rocks and, and, and make things happen, so to speak. And so uh, if I didn't do those things, I'd probably be dead or in jail. So, um, you know, my, my product of my environment where I grew up is how I coach. And that's why I coach the way I do. And uh, that's how I was coached. Uh, to a certain extent so um you know it's just a uh it's just a way that these young kids uh, understand and I, I speak that language to them and uh most most viewers of the show and all these uh you know the naysayers out there are are, are never going to understand it because they've never had to deal with it or never been in these type of shoes so and that's fine, you know, I have no ill will, uh, but unless you actually live it, you'll never understand it. So it is what it is. Yeah. So, so you talk about your coaching style and being able to relate with players, which is, which is obviously very evident if anybody, you know, anybody watched the show and has followed you. Um, but you talk about your recruiting prowess and, and how good you are there. What is your recruiting philosophy? And, and I mean, if you were to get, like, say you were to ever get, if you were to get a power five opportunity, would you change that philosophy at all? No, not at all. Uh, you know, all those coaches at those levels, they know me for a reason. Uh, not only am I the best recruiter, but I'm also uh, the person that gets those kids graduated at the fastest accelerated rate. Um, and that's what the Division One coaches know you for and want, you, want your kids for. It's not about having just the best players. It's about getting them graduated. And uh, I do that better than the great country. I always have. And uh, just so you know, Coach Saban, uh, you know, Coach Pittman now, uh, those guys have known me for a long, long time before last chance you never, ever surfaced. So, um, you know, I've been doing this a while and, and I've always had the best players. Uh, it just happened to be magnified now that a show filmed me about it. So, um, you know, I've got 27 guys in the NFL. Those, those guys went all on that show. Uh, we'll probably have 10 to 12 get drafted off of the show. Um, and so, you know, I've had eight kids play in Super Bowls and win a Super Bowl. Uh, I've had a Pro Bowl MVP. I mean, those things are unprecedented at, at my level. Never having coached a Division One down, um, you know, uh, but a lot of people don't don't know that. But my philosophy is is uh, again, man, it comes down to an it factor in my in my opinion, and I think it's a. Uh, speaking the kids' language and understanding where they come from and being honest and genuine with them and telling them the truth. Truth hurts, but at the same time, we call these kids a lot of things. Um, we may even call them dumb and, and this and that, but make no mistake, these kids are not stupid. I don't care if they're a high school qualifier or not. Um, and so that's what's unfortunate about today's Division One. 
coaching world because these coaches just go around and around the same, same old guy, just get recycled and get same, you know, one guy gets fired, they'll hire him at another place, they'll pay him millions of dollars, they'll pay him off to leave just to hire the same old guy again. And that's unfortunate, but it, it is what it is. It's a good old boy network. And, uh, you know, I don't fit that mold because you know, I guess I'm not an ass kisser and I'm going to tell people how it is. And I think they want someone that's going to go in there and, never ruffle a feather and, and uh, be a square and neat, clean guy. And and that is what it is. You know, that's just not going to be me. But, I mean, that's just uh, – but I respect it. I know the game. I know how it is. I talk to these guys. I could get friends coaching. But, um, you know, this, to me, to answer your real question, there's uh, – I have a philosophy is, is, you know, everybody in the country that says they're a recruiter and all this crap – they can, we can all find a kid, you know what I mean? We all, right. we can all find them, but, but, you know, can you locate them? And then can you contact them? Those are two crucial parts of recruiting before you ever sign a kid. And that's kind of my four points of recruiting. And so, you know, we can all find a kid on Twitter. You can all find them on Instagram. You can find these kids all over, but you know, can you locate them? Can you then contact them? Because there's a huge difference between finding them, locating them, and then contacting them. And then build a relationship, obviously, in order to sign that kid. And, uh, you know, I used to do give incentives for those. You know, we can, you can find them, but maybe Johnny can contact them, and maybe Freddie can locate them. And then maybe I'm the guy that signs them. So, uh, you know, I'd give incentives for that stuff. And, uh <laughs> You know, it's just what it is. It's result oriented at the end of the day, though. The kid either signs with Arkansas, oh, gray area, and, and that's what kills me about these guys. I mean, just so you guys know, off the record, but it's going to be on the record because it's on your show. Which is fine <laughs> to me. Um, but uh, you, you, Arkansas lost a big time recruit, and uh, I instantly DM'd them, and I said, if I got the job there, would you stay? He was like, hell yeah, coach, I'm staying. I already talked to Rakeem. I was on the visit. Rakeem was my host. I go, I know. I I, I know you would say, bro. I, I, I'm just, I just wanted to, wanted your AD and them to know. But, you know, that, that's just me being smart ass. But um, <laughs> that's just the truth, though. That You know, the truth hurts, and these guys don't, a lot of times they don't want to know the truth, man. And, and uh, nothing against Coach Pittman. You know, I, I think he's a great human being. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey. I guess he's a he's not as recycled as a lot of them. I guess I mean he's been an old line guy at, at the four year level. So you know, unless you GA and come up the ranks that way, a lot of these guys will never let you in that circle. But right. I guarantee there's there is another way to do it. And uh, you know, you know, pay a guy like me or, or 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 there's many guys like me that I know. Trust me, that you pay a guy five hundred grand like myself and and give me a one-year contract and give me a salary pool of coaches and let's see what we do. Make us, let us prove our worth and show you. But you're going to pay guys six, seven, eight million at some schools. And, you know, Michigan's never beat Ohio State. Yeah, and just keeps on, keeps on keeping on. Make nine million dollars. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm dumb, but it only takes one. It takes one AD to have the balls to say, you know what, I'm going to take a risk and, and do something where somebody that has the uh, heartbeat of the kid in, in totality, not just, uh, y- you know, I, no offense, but I've seen some of these guys speak to these four-year schools that just got the job, and it's like, 
Yeah, you gotta be shitting me, man. I mean, these kids are, are sleeping to me. They, they, it's the same old, same old. They see these old gray haired guys and they're like, man, we're not, we're not listening to this crap. We've done this before. And our coaches took a job at a better school and got more money. And now we're stuck here and we can't transfer and we're not getting paid. And da 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 da. And it goes on and on, man. It's a, it's a, it's quite the gamut, man. But it's a, uh, it's actually a mockery in the clapping all these kids' faces, but it is what it is. That's a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah. We, we, could go uh, down, we could go down a rabbit hole with that one for a while. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. Talk, talking about opportunities, though, um, you know, Ryan Rhodes gets an opportunity on Pittman's staff. I mean, is that you know one of those spots where maybe a guy's getting a chance that may have been overlooked from being at the JUCO level? Um, what's your thoughts on a guy like Rhodes getting that opportunity? <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I lost the roads, and I graduated uh, 101 kids in three years. Division one scholarships. He got like 28. Right. Uh, my GPA was the highest in junior college in the country. His was one of the lowest. Um, he had three bench clearing riots. I had zero. I don't know. Um, <laughs> go figure. Um, hey, it ain't. It ain't what you know, brother. It's, it's who you know. know right? Just remember that. that, that uh, you're right. You're Pitt, right. Pittman coach Rose. Pittman coach Ryan in uh, at Hutz. So years ago, and uh, that's that relationship. And it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, Rose was a grad assistant. Just so everybody knows, the person talking here, me, also has a history with Ryan Rose. So, um, you know, I think he's a. I think he's a. A piece of shit snake, personally, <laughs> and I told him that in his face. So, um, so I told him that in his face, and he knows it. And uh, there's a lot of those guys out there, man. That's one of the reasons it was time for me to get out of there. But you know, it's uh, it's unfortunate, man. That you smile at a person's face and then you stab them in the back and talk crap about them and say this and that and and do things like that. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the life we live in, man. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, good for him. He got a division one job he's been seeking, and uh, he got it, and uh, it is what it is. But, you know, uh, I mean, put my resume against his any day you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not even close. Right. So, so, I mean, it kind of brings me to my next point, but so coaches nowadays seem to have to stay PC all the time. You know, how – You've had a ton of success in your in your background, and obviously, you know you have a, a little less than PC mode. So, um, you know, if you were to if you were to if you were to get that Power Five opportunity, would you change that, or would you continue? You're just who you are. You know, people don't realize, man. They see the show, uh, two shows, which is 16 hours total, but they film me for 3,900 some odd hours. Um, so they only put 16 hours. Obviously, they need ratings and Hollywood and blah, blah, blah. you know, it is what it is. I, right. I, I had to take it on and I accepted it. So there was no um, bitching and moaning about it. But at the same time, uh, I've had Division One interviews. I've interviewed for those jobs. People know me that, that, that know the real me. They know I can play the game, which is in my book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, a number one bestseller, which is crazy. But it's, uh, you know, I. <sighs> I can play the game with anyone. I can coach with anyone. I can get on the board with anybody. I can break down film with anybody. And those division one guys know that. But a lot of these other, you know, the show only shows certain things. They don't even show me coaching that show. They don't show anything that we do on Sundays. They don't show anything like that. So it's, it's you know, people see what they see and they think it's, that's, that's the whole thing. And it's like, 
just like, damn, you're a grown person and you believe that shit. But, <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. I, I would change to what I call play the game. I would have to play the game obviously. And, uh, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever jeopardize a program or I, I, just so I'm very clear. I've never had a recruiting violation. I've never had a forfeiture game. I've never, um, had any sanctions put on me. I've never had a, uh, ban of any sort. Uh, my kids have never gone to jail. They've never got kicked out of a four year school. Um, you know, people say all that crazy crap, man, but the truth is, the truth of the matter is there's not really anyone that can compare with my, uh, what I've done. And, uh, you know, 227 kids, division one, 27 in the NFL. I mean, uh, not one of those kids have been kicked out of a four year school ever. And, uh, I continue to graduate about 25 to 30 a year. Uh, I'm saying after they leave me, like we just had 20 kids graduate with a bachelor degree, uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, from the school, from the first year of shows. Um, so from independence. So, you know, it's, uh, it continues to go. It's going to continue that way. And uh, I'm just going to continue to help kids in the right way. And, uh, when you see a kid bash me on social media, please let me know. Cause I've never seen it. <laughs> Coach, when you recruit these highly touted athletes, um, and former D1 talents and everything. What is it that you look for in a player um, to get them, I guess, straightened out and back to the elite level? Um, you know, the kids are broken. Let's make no mistake about it. They're they're broken, which I call flat dicks. All, all of us are flat That's dicks. That's where that okay. He did it. Well, I was just wondering where that came from. I, that was going to question later. Yeah. exactly where that came from. But all right, gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're all that. Um, I don't know what your podcast is. I don't want to cut too much, but um, you'll be all right. Yeah, you're fine, Coach. My, my, our producer over here he, might get upset, but you'll be all right. <laughs> you just—I yeah, I will so say—you just, just made Steve's day, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, the second part of it, you know, there's a, there's there's a thing that I call a fuck stick. So, <laughs> see, broken, and then we got the third thing, which is called a shitbird, and. Uh, a shipbird is pretty much, uh, you know, you ain't going to be able to repair or fix that one. Um, so these four-year guys that I get, um, the transfers, now are you talking about the four-year transfers or are you talking about uh, just generally recruiting kids? Well, just generally recruiting kids. Um, yeah, well, we get three types of kids at my level, at the junior college level. You know, um, we get three types of kids. Um you know, we get the non-qualifier out of high school. Um, we get a kid that left the four-year school for for a number of reasons, either, you know, GPA or smoking weed or or what have you. And then you get, you get a kid that wants to leave a four-year school strictly because he's not playing um, or – or he's not happy there, and he could be a great kid with a good GPA. Jonathan Banks, who goes to Tulane for two years and starts after he leaves me at Independence in that first year. Um, so we have all those scenarios, and those are the three types of kids we get. And uh, you know, I've had a lot of kids. Every, you know, the Division One school or the other competitive schools that we recruit against would always talk shit about me and say, "Oh, they're they're transfer you. They're not dream you. They're transfer you." And uh, it was really easy it was really easy to uh recruit against that because I'm like yeah no shit but guess what the, the other school the Hutchison's and the Ryan Rhodes of the world 
recruited the same fucking kid. Just just so we were clear. You think that they were not going to recruit him? I just got him. That's the difference. So now, of course, they're going to talk shit. And that's how it works. And um, those kids... Uh, being told the truth, I mean, is what is how I've always got them. I tell them the truth, and I can relate to them, and, and they real recognizes real. Like I've always say, kids can see through bullshit, and I think they've always known uh, I'm a man of my word. I keep my word, and I end up coming through. And those kids get more scholarships than anybody in the country. So next year, I'll get the same a, a new batch of kids, and they get the same results. And that's just what we did there, and everywhere I've ever been, and. Um, you know, not to boast or anything, but you know, that like I said, the truth hurts, man. And uh hate me now, love me later, man, when you get that scholarship, like I always say. Uh I would be touched out every day by a coach if I knew I was gonna get the Division One scholarship or at least had a shot at it. Um, a lot of these kids are enabled now and soft and and can't handle that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you kind of covered this a little bit, but as you, as you talk about, um, Juco has a little bit of a different uh, situation, obviously with players kind of coming and going and, and with the new transfer market and transfer portals and all of that, um, you know, and, and then of course you're dealing with a little different, obviously, like you said, in, in some of these guys, you're dealing with a little different, the guys that don't, don't qualify or, or had issues, you know, how do you get buy-in and, and a team to come together um, that have all come from such diverse, hard backgrounds, um, but have also always been kind of top of the world as an elite athlete in their, you know, in their area. And now they come to, to you know, in this situation, you know, some junior college in the middle of nowhere. You know, how do you get those guys to buy in and, and fight for Coach Brown? I don't need them. They need me. Simple as that. That's yeah. all I tell them. Uh, you need me. Um uh, Motherfucker, <laughs> I say that. That's exactly what I say. But, um, they they actually need me um, because my reputation's already perceived itself as someone of getting kids scholarships and getting the most kids power five, the most kids SEC, the most kids Pac twelve, whatever school you want to say, people can come up against them. I've had the most kids in every conference, so it's not really one conference. Uh, you know, like I said, we'll probably have ten to twelve kids get drafted next year. Um, you know, the number one player in the country is at Georgia. The number one player is at Cal Berkeley. He led the Pac-12 in tackles this year. Boy, dang. I mean, Jermaine played a lot as a, as a true junior and made two impactful plays that won them the Auburn and Notre Dame game, respectively. Um, you know, he's, he still had to learn that there's a lot of other Jermaine Johnsons in that SEC. He wasn't the only one, and I think it took him a while to learn that. But Emmett Gooden at Tennessee, if he don't get hurt, he's a starting D tackle and probably – uh, does a hell of a job. Raheem is probably the best back in the SEC. I mean, you know, it, <clears throat> it goes on and on, but, um, telling, you know, first of all, letting the kids understand that you're there for them, number one, um, and that you're, you're, you're telling them what's in that house or wherever you meet them, that, uh, this is what I'm going to do for you. And this is how, and show them, um, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. And this is why. And, they believe in and they buy in and, and you get that, you get that buy-in. But, you know, like I tell them too, uh, you know, um, it's a result-oriented business and you're going to have to, you know, I'm not going to coach effort, number one. I don't think a coach should ever have to coach effort. It takes zero talent to uh, give effort. Um, number one. Number two is you're going to go to class, you're going to sit in the front row and you're going to represent my program in a way that's going to be conducive to winning not only on the field but in the community and uh, being a good team member and community member and, and you're going to be a good person a lot of those kids I get are 
either halfway damaged goods or they're broken and I got to either mold them, shape them into men, which I've had a great success rate at doing. And, uh, the kids that buy in and, 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 and take the MF in and they take the, the criticism, um, they buy, they, 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 you see those guys on Sundays and you see them graduate with their four year degrees and, um, you see them, uh, be great members of society. I've had that for 17 years. I mean, uh, the kids that suck their teeth and, you know, don't want to do what you ask, those are the ones that don't make it. And they go to jail or they get kicked out or, you know, they go to jail because they never pay for me, number one. So, like I said, they've never had a kid get kicked out of a four-year school. But, you know, the kids that buy in, they make it. And they go on and, and they have great, great careers. But, you know, it's just being genuine, man, to answer your question, being honest and, and having that it factor, like I said, and those kids believing in you and in the place for you. Um, let me ask you this. If you're Arkansas, take us. So let me just ask you this. Like, who would not want to play for me at Arkansas if they took a shot and gave me the head job? How many cats do you think would have came to Arkansas? Right now? What do you think their signing class would have been right now? I, yeah. I would bet dollars to dimes it would be the number one fucking class in the country. Okay. But, hey, who am I? Who am I? <laughs> hey, we take it. I mean, we've seen what what uh, the the recruiting on steroids Pittman has been able to do to this point. So I gotta gotta assume with with yeah. your connections and with what you've been able to do. Um, I mean, hey, yeah. the, the relationships that you can build and, and and I mean, I'd play for you right now. I was gonna say, hell, I'll, I'll suit up. So I mean, hey, I'm not gonna get you a number one class, but I'd play for you. <laughs> I don't know how good I'd be, but okay. damn it, I'm gonna, I'll suit up, right? Hey, it, 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 it requires zero talent to give effort, brother. That, there Remember. you go. That, that, there you go. You're going to get plenty of effort out of Zach. Talent's <laughs> a problem, but you know. Hey, well, hey. <laughs> we covered that last week. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did. Hey, coach, when you invest so much into players and you see that guy go on and, and get into legal trouble, does that affect you personally, or do you just try, kind of chalk it up to somebody that just doesn't want to change? Um, you know, the, we never had a kid arrested at, uh, independence except for Bobby Bruce, who was the show, you know, and, and the time that he got arrested, I, I already had cut him from the team. I let him back on the team. Uh, just everybody knows his head coach was a good friend of mine in Florida. Great guy, great human being. Um, and I love giving kids chances. I love helping them. You know, I'm a, I'm a Juco product of, uh, with the same similar, similar situation. You know, I had, I was an idiot at one point, but I, these kids, we all, I don't care you, me, them. We only know what we know. We don't know. What we don't know. Let's make no mistake about it. I mean, unless you know, you know, if I ask you to show me where Kenya is on the map right now, I, I doubt you probably know. And these kids don't unless right. we've shown them before. And, um, you know, I had a teacher ask me one day, uh, when I took that job at India, I met with all the teachers and I told them this is what's going to be the expectations of me. And I hope, uh, this is what, you, you know, give me what yours are. And then, you know, it's been a shit show here. I'm sure before I took the job and they all the stay close and it's the best we've ever seen. They all sit in the front and they don't have head gear on and they don't stack their pants and they don't call girls the B word and da 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 da. It's unbelievable. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and I go, thank you. I said, you know, we're going to, we're going to demand it. And, uh, he goes, yeah, but Emmett Gooden will never pass my class because he can't take notes. And I said, well, damn, Richard Sherman couldn't fucking catch a football until I taught him. I said, so 
what the hell are you here for? I said, let me ask you a question. Did you turn down Notre Dame to be an instructor here at Independence Community College? And he said, no, sir. I said, I didn't think so. I said, I didn't turn down Notre Dame to be the coach here. And Emmett Gooden didn't turn down Notre Dame to play here. I said, that's why it's community college. I said, that's your job to teach them. And, uh, of course, he didn't like me. And uh, and either did a lot of those teachers. But guess what? We had the highest GPA in the country. And we graduated more players than we did in the country. Because the kids, at the end of the day, are going to do what they believe is right by what I say to do. Because I have a record of getting kids to the next level like nobody else. And so those kids and you know when you have NFL guys call kids on speakerphones in front of the whole team and say here I want a Super Bowl on Skype and this is what Coach Brown did for me kids buy in that's just the name of the game nowadays you gotta show them you know what I mean you gotta you gotta show it you gotta talk it you gotta walk it and in junior and then every level has a different you know uh, algorithm I guess you know in junior college you gotta you gotta walk it you don't give out pieces of paper in junior college because they wipe their ass with it. You 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 walk it. You know you chalk it and then you walk it, and that's how you do every our kids to class. That's what we do um, because if they don't know, they don't know, and that's what we had to teach them. And that's why we graduated 101 kids in three years. I mean, it's just it's unprecedented. And, um, but guess what? 13 coaches got Division One jobs too, and they can bitch and moan at me all they want. But again, hate me now, love me later. They all got Division One jobs. Uh, nobody else got 13 coaches in one job. So, you know, everybody wants to talk bad and do all this craziness, man, but they really don't know until they, they really uh, show, you know, walking my boots and, 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 uh, and do what we do. And, uh, there's a lot of guys like that, though. It's not just me. It's my own one, and it's just a lot of people don't know. It. A lot of people don't know. I got two new pit bulls, and uh, they're, they're fucking biting each other. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, um, that's just how it is, man. And, uh, you know, you get, you get, you get totally buying when, when you get results. And, uh, and uh, the results are in business. So those kids, those kids, like I said, they rec- real recognize real respect, earned respect given. And, uh, you know, when you yell at a kid, that you gotta, that hopefully they know you still love them. When you stop yelling, they, they should know to get the hell off the team because I'm going to cut them anyway. Well, you, you, you've got me ready to go ahead and start the hirecoachbrown.com website and find you somewhere at a Power 5 level because I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm to the point I don't care if I'm a tackle dummy. Sign me up. Right. Well, I'll tell you, to answer your question from a minute ago as far as players, I, I can imagine a few guys that probably wouldn't have bought into what you were selling at Arkansas a couple of years ago. Now, maybe not now, but there was a few guys that are no yeah, yeah. Mm, <laughs> sure. I wonder but, uh, who those there's a few could names be. out there that I can think of. But uh, uh, on that, so as far as the Hogs, did you get the chance to watch them at all? I mean, obviously with the connection with Boyd, and if so, you know, what, uh, what's your opinion yeah. of what went wrong there with that uh, whole disaster? Besides the obvious? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it was a different thing when I saw. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard to blame a coach, man, and it's easy to blame the coach. Everybody wants to blame the coach, Coach Lewis and everything. Um, you know, um, <laughs> It is a result-oriented business. The last time I checked, they did take scores. Um, I don't know his, his, how, how his kids were academically. I don't know how uh, if any kids were in trouble. I never heard of any kids in trouble nationally like you do at some programs. So, uh, obviously, I think he did a decent job in that regard. Uh, and, you know, just watching them, though, like I uh, saying that, though, I, I have to say that, you know, 
you cannot lose to San Jose State as a Power Five school. Not an SEC Power Five school. Um, not at home. No. Uh, there's a lot of <laughs> no. a lot of bad things there. Um, you know, I just who 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 else they lose to? Eastern Kentucky or something? I don't know. Yeah, Kentucky, um, Western Kentucky was the other. Well, that was the final Western straw. Kentucky. That was the nail in the coffin. Was the blowout? To yeah. Western Kentucky. I, yeah, I just don't think you, you just can't do it. I, there's no way those schools have as much talent as you, or you sure they shouldn't. Um, if they do, there's a problem one. Uh, it, but if they don't, there just means there's no buy-in and there's a uh, you've lost your team. I mean, that's just kind of where it goes. You know what I mean? And and you know the other part of it, which a lot of people won't talk about, because look, I had the most talented roster in the country last year. We went two and eight. So. I'm always going to be a real person and tell you the real. And, and uh, we had a horrible nucleus. And you can blame cameras. You can blame people wanting to be on the show, whatever. Maybe Chad had a horrible nucleus that he was gotten to get his own real, true, real class in there. I mean, we don't know that. I don't know that anyway. Um, you guys probably know better than me. So, you know, he, he, he had some shitbirds there, I'm sure. I know for a fact he had a few um, <laughs> before he got there. And, uh, and you know, and uh, you know, he's got, you know, I mean, shit, man, it's hard, man. When you have one of the leading rushers in the SEC on a team that has not won an SEC game in two years, I mean, that's, it's, you know, you're trying to take these pros and cons as sure as an admin and probably as a president and AD and, and you're like, well, shoot, how do we, how are we doing this good in this regard? And we're horrible here. And I, you know, everything goes into it. And, uh, you know, uh, best of luck, man. I mean, shoot, I, I, you know, I, I, I talked to our team. I, I'll keep that private, but I mean, you know, I, I had them talk to a, a great NFL legend and, uh, you know, there's people that probably think he should have left. Uh, running back's the most short-lived position in all of in the NFL, and uh, you know every carry you you uh, you have is uh, is one less one in the NFL. So I mean, you know, it's it's. I hope I want to see him have success, but that's my team, though. That's the type of kid he is, and uh, he's going to be. Um, he loves college now, and he and trust me, he didn't like it uh, before me, but. He loves it, and he wants to be part of something special, and I think he's given that, that university that chance. And so kudos to him, man. I, I, I love being loyal, and sometimes it's detriment to us. Um, but but at the same time, hopefully it pays off for him and, 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 and that program. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Pittman, uh, you know, I think kids like Coach Pittman. I think, you know, they know he's a good dude and um, things like that. And, I think he'll do a better job recruiting, and and uh, and we'll see what happens, man. I mean, you know, um, just to make sure we're clear here, Coach Rhodes didn't recruit at Hutch. Okay, he can't fucking recruit. <laughs> so um, it, it's all who you know, man. You know what I mean? It's not what you know, and and and, and in my opinion, <laughs> anyone there's there's a million kids out here that can coach. And they can develop X's and A's and plays and all that shit. But until uh, people look at me like I'm crazy, man, but I'll, I'll live and die by this quote. Coaching is overrated. And that's just period. I don't care what level. Coaching is very overrated. It's probably the most overrated thing that we do. And uh, it's X's and O's, man. And it, 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 I, it, I mean, it's, I'm shooting, sorry, it's Jimmy's and Joe's. It's not X's and O's. And coaching's overrated. The players... Players win you football games. Coaches lose them, period. And I don't care what anyone says. And they're going to say, well, 
No, uh, look at Coach Belichick. Yeah, look at him. He was he had a horrible skill set this year, and where they end up. And this is probably his worst one. And and you know, you give just enough pieces around Brady in that defense, you're going to be probably playing the Super Bowls every year. And look what happened this year. They didn't have anything. And eventually, it's a it's a it's a athlete athlete driven league, um, and it's and it's the same in college to me. College football at that at the power five level is professional football, and it uh, can you get the kid to finish through the line? Can you get the kid to start behind the line? Can you get him to go to class? And can you get him to be a good kid and a good human? Um, that's the coaching part of uh, what makes successful. Uh, coach, I mean, go get the best damn player in America and teach him how to be a human being. And so, I guarantee you win a lot of games. Yeah, so so back to Boyd a little bit. Um, so when he was he was I can't kind of you kind of labeled him as a fuckstick when uh, <laughs> when y'all when y'all got start when he got started there. And I know it took him a little while to get things going, but how'd you change that mindset and 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 and, and get Boyd to reach that potential Rakeem that we're seeing a, now? Yeah, Rakeem is a. Uh, He's a very different animal, man. He's uh, he is he has to trust you. Um, he has to trust you. He has to buy in. He has to believe in you that you have his best interest at heart uh, before he's ever going to give you uh, his all. And that goes and and his all starts in the dorm room. It starts in the classroom. It starts in uh, study hall in the weight room before you ever get him on the field. And you know. That's what I had to get through to him first. You know what I mean? Um, the story, man. He, you know, I he uh, that in that in that show. You know, it was we were backed up on our own goal line in in, uh, in the last game of the or you know a couple before the, about three games before the season ends, and we're up at half, and I'm like, let's just get out of half, and uh, I call it simple middle zone play. And you hear Rakeem and the quarterback, Malik, trying to check it and look over. And uh, I called time house. And I, I, uh, you know, I was a little primitive with him. And I said, uh, you run the damn play, what I call. I said, I don't care. There's going to be nine guys to your left, trust me. And uh, you're going to run through them and you're going to score. And I said, uh, I didn't didn't say you're going to score, but I said, you're going to run through them and you're going to believe in the shit and what I coach. So, there was nine dudes to the left, man. He went 99 yards. Hurled the dude, fun, da-da-da. And then the, after the game, they go, Coach, that's the best play call I've ever seen. I go, yeah, it was a fucking die play to get out of the half. Um, <laughs> great play call. I said, that dude believed. He ran off the field. He smiled at me. And I told him a few things, like, shut the hell up and, and buy in. And that's the turning point. Because from that game on, so everybody out there knows, team had Coffinsville for the championship. He had 350 in the bowl game. Uh, by the way, the running back that we played in that bowl game plays for the Kansas City Chiefs now. Yeah. He's, he's not even not even close to that game. Right. Um, so you you got to understand, it's not coaching, man. It's, it's, it's getting kids to buy into – it's getting the best players in America to buy into what you're selling, and I've always been able to do that. And I can coach anybody in the country, don't get it mistaken, but but at the same time, you got to get those kids to buy in and go through the wall for you, and that's what Joaquin did, and that's the turning point. And that the sky was the limit for the rest of the – for the year for him. And uh, 
once we had that bond, you know, his CPA went up, he got more offers, he graduated on time. I mean, all those things. And he ended up, he ended up making it three for, you know, he took three years with you guys. Or, or I could have brought him back another year, but I've never been that selfish guy. I've never wanted a kid to get hurt on my watch when he could have left. Uh, people don't realize, man, we had kids that registered for me that went to SEC school, never played it down for me because that's how talented we were and practice film don't lie either. So, uh, the eye in the sky don't lie. And, and we had the best players in the country playing or not playing. And, uh, kids got scholarships that didn't even play for us because they had to tackle Rakeem Boyd every day at practice. Uh, they had to go against the best offensive line in America every day as D linemen that signed with South Carolina that never played it down for us. I mean, People don't know the real stories, uh, how many kids we graduated, but but only 101 kids are talked about because that's who we in Division One in three years, and it's over, you know, 30 a year, over 30 a year. So, uh, I don't, you know, we did that. We put our footprints in the sand, man. We made history, and it is what it is. You know, I'll continue to take criticism for a little couple yell, you know, MS here and there, but people don't realize these kids' parents are mothers because they're all single parent home kids they mm-hmm. they get cussed out that worse by their moms than me that's right team so uh you know people think i just run through walmart fucking cussing out little babies <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i can i can see where some could get that obviously like you said the, the drama of a tv show I changes know. things changes things a ton i think no. so right hey coach no who's the who's the best player you've ever had on your team who's the best player you've ever coached the kid the, the greatest player I've ever coached in my life uh, I don't know we uh, there, there, it's not any of the kids you saw uh, <laughs> there's been a few that come to a few come to mind and never they just never made it out the hood man or, or just had a lot of issues uh, got a kid named AJ Tolbert a receiver man he dunked on Dwight Howard in the McDonald's All-American game as a wow. basketball player he didn't even didn't even know what he was doing. Uh, he was like 6'5", 225, ran like 4'3", had like a 43-inch vertical, and he was a receiver for me. Um, he was recruited by everybody in America, and and and, and uh, this is how this is how you know he didn't graduate uh, high school very with high honors. Uh, you know, he misses a week of practice with me, and I'm like, fuck, AJ, where you been at? And he was like a son to me. You know, coach, I had a problem I want to talk to you about. Uh, I got burnt. I go, burnt? And uh, we laugh about it now, but he was like, yeah, uh, too bad, AJ. I'm sorry. Fucking people might know the story now. But uh, he goes, uh, yeah, I got burnt. I go, well, who have you been fucking with? And he goes, uh, it's my girl, coach. And I go, oh, shit, son. We have other problems. So he didn't understand his girl was cheating on him, I guess. And oh, no. so... Uh, so that's uh that's AJ for you and uh, the the sweetest kid in the world the best kid, best athlete I've ever probably coached raw uncut athlete I've ever coached uh, he played for my D line coach at Indy actually in high school with the same coach who's raised and coached Richard Sermon and uh, a lot of those kids from Dominguez High School in Compton so uh, he's a uh, he's another one of those street stories you hear about that that never quite make it out but. Uh, we had a lot of those kids, man. I had a running back named Aaron Madden. So they, they thought they used to, he'd be in the paper every week about just because just like the video game at the time was Madden and, 
they'd have him in the paper. He was probably one of the best uh, running backs I've ever seen. He went to jail for a year and did and something he didn't do, and I had to get him out of jail, help him get out, and he ended up playing for me, but he was older, and he was still good, but he wasn't that, that kid I had in 2006. He played running back, by the way, for Brad Sorensen, who was the quarterback, who, who was Philip Rivers back up at the Chargers for a long time. Um but uh, we had a pretty stacked team back in 2006, California Junior College out here. Uh, but he was a talented kid, too. And we've had, we, there's a lot of them, man. There's a lot of kids that just never made it, uh, unfortunately. There's a lot more kids that don't make it that are better than the kids that make it. Tell you. Yeah, it, you know, I, I think one thing, you talk about the inner city kids and some of these kids that just don't make it out. One one thing that um, that I think, you know, if, if you're ever looking for a job, maybe come into the the, uh, the central Arkansas area and help make Arkansas football a little better and, and jump in with some Little Rock uh, Little Rock High Schools there and teach some of those guys how to get the job done because we're missing out big time no, in, no in the inner cities of Little Rock right now and some kids that really should be on a football field that aren't. Um, and no it's, doubt. it's disappointing. No really. doubt. It hurts the product of, of, you know, we're limited. I mean, you know, limited to some extent as the number of D1 prospects that come out of the state, you know, year after year. But, sure. you know, I think you could probably add eight to 10 of those guys, you know, if you could get the Little Rock School District in, in those inner city schools to really start producing. Yeah, it's, you know, it starts at the admin level, man, and the buy-in of the, of the programs, you know how that is. And, shit, I, I remember back in the day, there was a guy who we actually knew from Compton who went out to Little Rock and they, they had a show on HBO called Bang Little, Little Rock. Rock. It was a huge right. show. Yeah, so uh, I actually knew the guy. So it's crazy, but that's a it's a small world. But yeah, I know I know all about it. We recruited it pretty decently. Uh, we had a couple of good kids out of there, um, out of Arkansas, out of that out of that area um, at at Indy. So um, you know, Patrell Green, big big old lineman, we got out of Searcy. Uh, so we had some kids out of that area, um, but. Uh, you know, like it is under recruited state, no question about it. Right. So, so what's next for Coach Brown as as you move forward? You, you know, this this year of no football. What's next for you now? You know what? I don't know, man. I'm. Uh, it's been it's been, man. I've been doing this book tour and speaking engagements, man. I got to speak to about thirty schools across the country. I did a cancer deal, awareness, cleats versus cancer up in Seattle, and uh, uh, over Christmas and. Uh, Man, I went to, just went to Nashville and did that deal, um, the National Coaching Convention, and then uh, got did a few did it doing a podcast. Now a company reached out to me, and, and uh, now I'm signed a contract with a company to do a podcast. So we, I just had Max Crosby on today on my show, uh, a Raiders defensive end, and uh, had Eddie George on. Uh, had a few people on. I have a, I'll have some. I'm gonna have Marcellus Wiley on here tomorrow, um, and. Uh, you know, got a couple guys slated to come on and uh, former players of mine too that people want to hear from and the Rakeems and and and, uh, and Malik Henry and those guys. And, uh, we'll have those guys on. And you know, we're just doing a podcast, doing that, doing uh, got some other things in the works, man. And uh, can't reveal too much of it, but there's some things in the works. Uh, but not not coaching right now. I have no. I have no real coaching desire at this moment. Uh, like I, I've been saying, you know, uh, that I'm sure that'll change tomorrow. Uh, it doesn't mean I won't coach tomorrow, but right now uh, I have no burning desire to get back out there. Uh, I don't know if I want to coach these enabled fuckers, man. I don't know. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, but, but we'll, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I still, you know, I'm still associated with the, kids and I want to be able to mentor and help kids and uh, 
continue to do that. And, uh, you know, that's, I know that's my calling and, uh, it always has been ever since I stopped playing, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, has to be the right fit, right situation. And so we'll see, man. Um, you know, you know, America's good about forgiving and, 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 and time heals all wounds, they say. So we'll see how all that, all that shit goes over and blows over and, and uh, go on from there. But it's been a good ride. Been, it's been fun years just hanging out. Bought a new house out in L.A., back at home in Cali. And, um, you know, like I said, just been doing a lot of a lot of things. Got to speak to Fortune 500 companies. People requested to have me speak, man. It's been crazy. So I'm, I'm blessed to have uh, been able to go speak and be myself. And they, they loved it, man. And uh, got to make a little money doing it. You know, yeah. why not? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but what's your, uh, put your podcast information and your book information out there again and, um, and let us, yeah. let us know where to find those things. Yeah. The, um, there's a few, I got so much shit going, man. Damn. Uh, I need to write this shit down. Um, uh, but <laughs> I, I got, uh, the podcast, the podcast is, you know, obviously flat thick podcast. So, um, it's only fitting. Right. right. Um, but you I'm know, a subscriber, how are Twitter, you? Yeah, on Instagram, on Twitter, you uh, you uh, at Slap Dick Podcast. So you, you also follow our YouTube channel, which is in our in our link on our on our social media, which is uh you know the real the real coach underscore JB. Um, but uh, you know I got CoachJBStore dot com. You can buy apparel and everything else, and we got a few other things coming out. And then uh, the book is obviously Hate Me Now, Love Me Later on Amazon, Kindle. Barnes and Noble, or you can get it from me directly and I'll sign it for you through Venmo, uh, at coach JB 12. So those things are out there and, uh, you know, Hey, there's a lot going on, man. And I'm trying to keep up with it all, man. I'm just another thing. It's just, uh, just a, uh, make a dollar out of 15 cents, man. There you go. Well, we appreciate you joining us before we let you go. Uh, who, you, who you got in the Super Bowl? Niners, Niners or Chiefs? You know, man, um, it's crazy because, you know, obviously having a cup of tea with the Chiefs and then knowing those couple people still there and a uh, good friend Eric Bienemy's OC there. And uh, he you know, deserves a shot. Me, Darian Hagen. He deserves yeah, a shot. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, the, the Rooney rule is really fucking proof to be great, huh? Right. Um, but it's uh, – <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it, it reminds me of the Rams in New England – um, and you got all this offense and you got all these things, you know, I've never seen a great defense lose a Super Bowl. I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I grew up a Rams fan, man, so I can't stand the 49ers. Oh, I never, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're, the, they're the rivals of, uh, of, of you know, San Francisco and baseball because I'm a Dodger fan that, the, the the Frisco Niners in football because I'm a Rams fan. I mean that's just how I grew up. I, I just it, it, the, that the color scheme just makes me fucking Earl, man. Oh, uh, man. Just just hang but up. I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna go with them. Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them. Uh, I'm gonna go with them because because of the defense and the running game. I'm gonna go with them. Um, uh, but you know if 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 Mahomes gets it to a former JUCO guy, Tyreek Hill, if he can get those guys, they can get going and make be explosive and uh, just, you know, score all the time. I mean, obviously it's going to be hard to keep up, but, uh, you know, running the ball and playing great defense, I mean, usually is the recipe to win for success. So I, I think it'll be, it's the best two teams, I think. Best <laughs> offense, best defense. 
something's going to give. Hopefully, we'll see how, how good it is. I really don't care who wins, but I'll, I'll say the defense will win because they're usually great defense to win championships. My, my hatred for the Cowboys and, and Packers made me a uh, hey 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 made me a Niners fan thirty years. He's up on my Cowboys, so now we're gonna go into playoffs oh, some next yeah. year. Yeah, that's what you say every year. Well, yeah, yeah, true. yeah. Hey, yeah. coach, last question. Go ahead, hit me other. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just hit that nail right on the head. I yeah, I'm just glad we got rid of the redheaded clapper. Let's you know. Uh, last question before we let you go, and it's not sports related, but uh, what is your favorite cigar? Favorite cigar, man, I can't tell you those things because they're illegal, but, um, <laughs> you know, there's a, a stick that a lot of people see. So when I, the show, obviously, I had so many different companies sending me cigars, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, I thousands of cigars were sent to me with notes, private notes from owners from big time companies. I won't say the name, but, uh, I smoke a cigar, man, that's, uh, Relatively decently punch, man. Uh, it's, it's called Brickhouse Maduro 60 gauge. That's like two cigars around in the house, or I, I run out of my keys or, or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Brickhouse, man. I smoke those uh, regularly, probably two a day, to be honest, maybe more. Shit, it depends. It depends on much. Much, uh, right, right, yeah. absolutely. Well, well, Coach, we appreciate no you. Jo- we appreciate you joining us tonight. We appreciate your time. Uh, would love to, love to, love to chat it up with you again in the future. But uh, uh, again, appreciate your time and good luck. Good luck uh, with everything you got going on. Hey, appreciate you guys having me, man. Tell our team he's slap dick and not talk to him with you guys soon. All right, Sounds thanks, good. Coach. See you. Thank you. This episode of Inside the Natural State is brought to you by Mountain Valley Spring Water. Since 1871, bottled in glass straight from the Washita Mountains. Visit mountainvalleyspring.com today to find your local distributor. Welcome back. Oh my goodness, that was a great interview, man. Yeah, um, I'm hoping that Will decides not to put a lot of beeps and bleeps and... You better not touch a damn thing. <laughs> we would just be hearing from... I mean, because he started out, you know, very nice and professional, and then and then y'all were like, oh, it doesn't matter. No, he goes, he goes, he goes, no, he goes, he goes, well, I'm you know, I, I'm I don't know what kind of cuss. podcast you, y'all y'all are on, and I'm trying not to cuss too much. And both of us just went to hell with it. <laughs> just, and then all of a sudden, he's F this and F that. <clears throat> so do your from thing, that man. point on, it would be beep, 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 beep. Well, just put, a, like the Road Runner, beep, just beep, put beep, an beep. expletive warning on the on the details, and we're good. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so we just, <coughs> yeah, if you're, uh, if you got kids, you listen to it in a car or something, you might not Don't. want to. Just turn it down. Yeah, let's <laughs> well, not. yeah, you've already listened to it at this point. But. So we all know the big news coming out of the hill today. Um, well, Today being Monday, our night we record. Yeah. Uh, Felipe Franks is now. Wait, wait. You mean we didn't get Derek King like everyone told us we were getting? Oh, you didn't know? We didn't. What? Who's uh, Franks? Who's that guy? You don't know who Franks is? You no. don't know? You didn't know Derek? Dude, what's, uh, what's happening? You mean I know something Steve didn't? Fire them all. Fire yeah. them all. Yeah. Fire them oh, all. They, they didn't get the guy they want. Fire them all. Fire them all. I mean, Pittman sucks at recruiting. Fire. Come on. Fire Pittman. Balls don't know what he's doing. Come on. Fire them all. He had that connection with King. Let's just fire them all. Fire them all. Bring in, Bring in Jason, Jason Brown, Brown, baby. Come on. Fire Jason Brown. <laughs> Thank you, 
could probably take Ryan Rhodes' spot. Whoa, whoa, ho. Man, that was. Um, My goodness. Whew. All right. It's so. getting real in here. Okay, <laughs> so outside of Felipe Franks. Yeah. Who else? I mean, give us an update so, on the recruiting. So big weekend for the Hogs. Um, as far as as commitments, they did get three commitments out of the weekend. Ja'Cory Turner, a uh, an outside linebacker, three-star out of Woodward Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, committed. He is the 990th ranked player in the, in the nation, 67th in, at his position. Um, Eric Thomas is another guy who's really flown under the radar. Um, a, he's from uh, Pensacola, Florida, a weak side defensive end, 6'3", 230. Um, a lot of sites actually don't have him rated. Um, he's rated as a three star on 24 seven. And, um, I know now I have not heard, but I know he had a, I believe a Florida state, um, official setup. I'm not sure if he still plans to take that with the commitment, but, uh, uh, we'll see what happens there. And then Jaqueline McGee, a, another defensive end, six, four, two fifty five, another three star. Um, he's another Georgia kid, peach County, uh, Fort Valley, Georgia. Uh, so that was your three commitments out of the weekend. They had, I think 13 football uh, prospects on campus, um, all intents and purposes are all it, all signs point to it being a really good weekend um they had uh, a big five-star uh, broderick jones out of that's a georgia commit that is uh, a Pittman guy uh, he came in on saturday actually extended his visit to today um I reading some of his comments that were put out on the uh, that uh, that uh, the guys at 24 7 have put out um i you know We'll see. I really don't think we have much of a shot to flip him at this point. He's headed to Georgia and Auburn for his last two uh, uh, visits. And as much as I think, I mean, it would be huge. If Pittman could flip him to Arkansas, it would be massive. I, I just, I don't know, reading his comments and some of the things he, he said, it was more like I want to, you know, he wants to watch and see what Pittman builds. So that doesn't sound like a guy that's going yeah, to be committing promising. to the university to help build what Pittman's going right. to build. So, so I mean, it, it, that's a big loss if, if, or not really a loss, but a big miss if we can't get it but honestly you know odds there are pretty low but it's huge it doesn't happen often that five-star prospects are on official visits to the university of arkansas so so that's big um, that, that says something about the culture um did you get to watch the any of the games of the two basketball recruits no um were they commits recruits i mean what well they? yeah both are both are committed neither have signed uh kk um uh, kk robinson out at oak hill they actually won the tournament of Cham- bass pro tournament of champions this weekend and then uh moses moody who was uh, who's also there playing? Uh, both played on tele- in televised games today, and my gosh, man, those two! <laughs> um, I, can we get them on campus right, right right now? Would be huge. I mean, Moses Moody is if he's not a one and done, I don't know what a one and done is because that kid is he's just special. ask Calipari. Yeah, <laughs> Moses is special. If we keep him for more than one year, that's that's something. Um, and if we could keep Isaiah here for one more year to team with those guys, man. They're gonna be they're gonna be pretty dadgum good. So um, some other really good stuff from the basketball standpoint. Um, you know they had I think about seven guys in on, on basketball. I haven't done a lot of research um, to see you know how those how those went. But Jackson Robinson, who's I think the number thirty four overall player in the country, um, was here on campus again. I think it's about his fiftieth visit to the campus. Um, he's out of Oklahoma. Um, highly highly rated. Um, highly highly thought of and he is friends with um, he's friends with Duncan Powell who is um, who is an is already committed a four star sh- uh, 2021 guy that's already committed to Arkansas um, and they were going back and forth on Twitter and uh, and Powell basically said hey why don't you just come on and join us so and, and, and Robinson looks 
they, that could be a big one. Um, and if you can get Robinson and Harrison Ingram in here, boy, um, no, all bets are off as to how good this basketball team is going to be in the next few years. With National Signing Day just a few weeks away, do we have – are, do you th- are you expecting any surprises? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure surprises is the, is going to be the right word. I don't know. The biggest surprise would be Broderick Jones at this point. Um, there are some guys we'll see over the next few weeks um, you know, of who they get on campus. They host, like I said, they hosted 13 this past week. Any of those guys flipping, I don't know that would be major, you know, major surprises um there's a four-star running back that was in that group that, that could that could be kind of a surprise um you know but we'll see i mean with the addition of franks today i don't think that hurts our chances with a high school kid like hornsby um i don't know that i would call hornsby a surprise if he commits um but you know that would be another one to kind of watch and keep our eye on. but right now i think everybody everybody thinks that Hornsby's going to be the guy um that being said, as we look forward, you know, going into this weekend, uh, looks like they're set to uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven guys are they're set to to host this weekend. Of those is Malik Hornsby, uh, a four-star quarterback out of Texas. Um, the, this the, right now with the with rule moving on back to the NFL, it does look like dr- that Arkansas is in the driver's seat there. Um, Arkansas will host two quarterbacks from the high school ranks this weekend. They'll also uh, C.J. Dixon is a three-star um, quarterback out of Loganville, Georgia. Pro style, 6'5", 210. Got great, great size. Um, he's being recruited. He has offers. Let's see. He has offers from Arkansas, Illinois, Alabama, Baylor, Boston College, among, among others. Right now, it looks like Baylor or Maryland's kind of leading the way there. Um I would think that he is kind of more of a backup option. So if they, if Hornsby moves on and tells the staff, Hey, I'm going to go elsewhere, then I would think Dixon would probably be your next guy in line. I don't think that they would take three quarterbacks, but you never know. Um, so we'll see, but that's another big name to look for. That'll be on campus this weekend. Uh, Javon Baker, a four-star wide receiver who is an Alabama commit will be on campus this weekend as well. It's another Georgia kid, Powder Springs, Georgia, 6'1", 196. I'm hearing that Baker could be a guy to watch. This could be your surprise kind of flip guy. Um, I'm hearing that this guy could make a move. Arkansas technically doesn't have any actual wide receivers committed right now. You have Darren Turner, who's listed as an athlete, but that's it. Um, Your only real options right now, I think, would be a guy like Baker or Savion Williams. Savion Williams is a guy that his recruitment's been strange because of all of the stuff that's been going on. Um, and so, you know, he was committed to Arkansas prior to the, to the change and, and then decommitted. And so we'll see if he sticks, but that would be another wide receiver. Um, he was here over the weekend. Uh, Mike Woods, uh, Mike Woods was his host and Mike Woods put out on Twitter that he's undefeated as a, as a host. So stands to reason, was there a uh, silent commitment out of Williams to the staff before he heads down to, I think he's visiting TCU and SMU over the next two weeks. So I have a question. Um, for those of us that don't know much about recruiting, is there a way that we can follow it a little bit more in depth? Yeah, so starting this week on Wednesday, 
on our Natural State Sports Facebook page. We will start our recruiting show. I don't have a catchy name for it yet. Maybe you guys it's can help about me come time. Up with it. But um, you guys have been pu- pushing me for it. You've been bugging me. Um, we've seen the some of the reactions, especially some of the recruiting posts we've put on put on Facebook. And I think it's time we bring that back. We've got about three weeks to National Signing Day. We'll start this show. I think three weeks from National Signing Day. So we're going to try to bring in all your information, um, as much insider information as we can get as well. Um, but uh, my goal is to kind of compile all of these different sites, all of these different places, um, and, and, and try to get you guys as, as connected to recruiting for the University of Arkansas and in other in-state schools as well as we go, um, you know, as we lead into National Signing Day. It's back. Yes, sir. About time. So a couple other guys expected this weekend, and then we'll move on. Brandon Frazier, three-star tight end, um, who is also uh, right now is trending towards Auburn. Um, he's a guy that was on Arkansas and then with the with the coaching changes now moved moved on. I know that the staff was in his home tonight, so we will see um, we'll see how that visit went. Uh, Robert Scott, the offensive lineman out of Conway, um, another big one. He's currently an Ole Miss commit, but is, is looking around. He just came off of an Ole Miss visit. Um, uh, he's coming to Arkansas this weekend, and it's going to close things out with Norvell and Florida State. So, um, I thought he was at Florida State like today because I saw a video on Twitter. I could be wrong. Uh, he's alive. That he come out of his vehicle and like the whole FSU offensive staff greeted him getting out of the vehicle. You're right. He did visit. He, you're right. He, he he visited Florida State this weekend. He's visiting visiting Arkansas, and at this point, I'm actually not seeing any uh, any 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 uh, visits that are scheduled. So Florida state now he'll be at Arkansas this weekend. Hopefully Arkansas can put the full court press on this kid and get him in. Um, that's another big offensive lineman that Arkansas really needs. Uh, you know, you got Jalen St. John, another guy that was on campus this weekend that looks pretty, pretty promising for Arkansas. Um, you know, like I said, Broderick Jones is a guy that I don't think is going to happen here. Uh, JT towers will also be here on his official, finally his official visit. He's already committed out of Joe T Robinson and then a corner out of Hutchinson. Um, we know where that connection is. Um, we also know that uh, a certain person doesn't have much respect for him. But uh, anyway, four-star Juco uh, corner, Art Green, 6'2", 200. I mean, we got to kind of believe that Arkansas should be trending in a good spot for that, considering who his coach was, and now here he is. So Ryan Rhodes has got to be that connection, um, you would think. So uh, Art Green, big-time Juco guy, four-star, would be a big get. He's number nine in the country, the number four corner in the country. Um, so – 6'2", 200, good size, going to be a good one. Uh, and that is it as of right now for the list for this weekend. Um, hopefully that uh, TCU game will be just as rocking as Kentucky maybe, and, and these guys will have a good time at a basketball game. All right, switching gears because I got to ask you. Oh, Lord. Niner Steve. Yes, sir. Super Bowl's coming up February 2nd. We already know who's in it. Chiefs, Niners. That's right. Let me guess, Niners? Well, yeah. You sure? Yeah. I'm positive. 100%. Right. Well. Well. I don't know. This it ain't for Patriots. <laughs> Will you shut up? At least my team made the playoffs. No. You slap dick. Um, <laughs> but. Shit, bird. I think you just. Oh, man. I don't know. The offense of Kansas City kind of makes me think that there's. I mean, there is a chance for them to win. Because if the Niners don't, you know, man up Kelsey and find a way to, to cover Hill. Then it's going to be a long day, but I also think that if the Niners' offensive line can make holes for the running game, 
and they can control the clock, then they can eat up the clock and win the game kind of like, you know, Coach Brown said, it kind of that Patriots-Rams game where the Patriots shut them down and they shortened the game with the run game and just did enough to win. So, Well, Mahomes is also a freak too, dude. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think this will be – to me, this is going to be one of those games, you know, anybody that watched the Ravens game, Ravens, Ravens and Niners earlier this year, I, I can't help but think that it's going to be very similar to that. This is going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, I know that you, defense typically wins these things, but the one thing that, that San Francisco has really struggled this this year with is, is containing mobile quarterbacks. I mean, most teams do. San Francisco has struggled – mightily with them and so it's been a it's been a tough run from that perspective um so i I could see that happening now kansas city 26 against the rush uh the niners showed exactly what they are in that in in this weekend's game yes uh, against the packers Uh, jimmy g threw eight passes um and then the second string running back runs for 220 so and there's even i was reading earlier there's a possibility that tevin campbell could be or tevin coleman could be back uh, for the super bowl he just dislocated his shoulder so yeah uh, having an mri today so they should know more in the next couple of days is what his status is going to be for the Super Bowl. So um, that's that's going to be a big piece. I mean, Coleman has been the starter, but they've quickly moved to Mostert and, uh, and Breida, more Mostert than anything, and after Mostert's breakout – I don't think the Niners are going to have any trouble running against the Chiefs. The no. Chiefs haven't been able to stop anybody this year running the football. Other than Derrick Henry, congratulations. I had this argument on Twitter. Congratulations, the Chiefs stopped Derrick Henry. They stopped the one good thing about the Chiefs. The difference in the Titans. Niners, I mean the Titans, the difference in the Niners is that the Niners have three running backs that will outrun you all day long, not just one big power guy who's going to outrun you. But we also have a quarterback that will stretch the field as well. Yep. So there's a reason, Mr. Patriots fan over here, that Tom Brady wanted Jimmy G gone. This guy's no slouch. He's only going to get better somebody, plus coaching for sh- playing for shit. Somebody Shane. told me, I was listening to the radio or something today, and uh, somebody said Jimmy G's overrated. I mean, it's it's fair to say that right now because you don't know what you're getting. But, I mean, you know, I've had this argument with folks. His first year – he was – no one saw that coming when he got traded and went undefeated That those final, what, eight games or so for San Francisco, six, eight games. No one saw that coming. Everybody saw the hype a little bit going into his, his first full year as a starter. Comes out in, what, the second game, I think, first, second or third game, and throw, blows out his ACL. The season goes down the drain. They go 3-13. and 13, They get Nick Bosa, and, and now here we are. Um, but they don't need Garoppolo to win. But Garoppolo has proven at times this year that he can win the game for you. And so this guy's got a ton of talent. I don't believe that he's overrated. I believe that he's currently playing in a system that's perfect. Now, the question for the Niners going into this game, does Shanahan forget what the running game is like he did a few years ago when he was the OC at Atlanta? Got to hope not. Or or does he remember what his roots are and what got him to this game right now? Because if he forgets what the running game is against a team that's as bad against the rush as the Chiefs are, this game won't even be close. Mahomes will have a field day. You can't go out there and expect Jimmy G to throw the ball 30, 40. If the Niners are throwing the ball 40 times, they lose. So – Hopefully they stay within their their game plan. They're able to run. They're able to use that three headed monster in the backfield. And Jimmy G does enough to get the game. You know, get get the, get the win. Last point, and and we're we're gonna be getting out of here. Did you see the UFC fight over the weekend? Yeah, the buddy. Cowboy McGregor. Yeah, buddy. Forty damn seconds. 
McGregor's back. It should have been it should have been shorter than that, but Herb wouldn't stop yeah. the fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm screaming at the TV, and Andy's like, "Dude, they can't hear you." I'm like, "I don't care. They need to stop the fight. They're killing Cowboy." Like, look, that well, you the three of us were sitting there going, "All right, Herb, stop the fight. Let's go." <laughs> the fight was hard for me because I love both those guys, but I'll and I made this point. Um, there was a a tweet earlier where somebody had talked about you know that it was rigged, that the fight must have been rigged because Cowboy never landed a fight. He walked straight into it, never even he kept his hands down. But that's not what I saw. I mean, Connor did his normal. They got, they rushed in, and then Connor threw those shoulders. And and Cowboy even said after the fight, he said, "I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming." And yeah. you could see it after the fight. His face was busted up, and it wasn't from the punches. It was, it was from, from the those, those shoulders. And then you know that rocked him, and then and then that, that head kick, which that is, head kick knocked. Well, him. I mean, you know, Cowboy has knocked out. Tons of folks with that head kick, and so it was pretty cool that McGregor was able to beat him with his own, you know, at his own game. So that was cool. But I made this point. You know, somebody said that it was rigged and that this was all it set was up horrible for, for the gra- yeah. This was all set up for the the UFC's gravy train and in in Conor McGregor. But my how's he a gravy train? He ain't fighting over a year. Well, yeah. I mean, previously, yeah, three years ago he was their gravy train. Yeah. yeah Since yeah. then, he's lost to Floyd Mayweather. He's lost to Khabib. Um, you know, he he. Did have a nice fight against Alvarez, um, but it, this fight was on an awful card that, I mean, I guess this could lend to the gravy train comment, but the only reason this was a pay-per-view fight was because it was Connor. But realistically, this should have been an ESPN plus fight at max. Like, yeah. like don't pay for it. Like, the card was terrible. But the fight was, I mean, I didn't think it in that quick, but the winner is who I figured would win. So, yeah. Hey, I mean, it's it's nice seeing Connor back. It was interesting seeing a more humble and respectable, respectful Connor. Like yeah, even after was, the fight, he didn't call anybody out and he even made the point to say, um, he even made the point to say, look, I got a lot to work on. Like I need to build myself before I take on a Khabib or a Ferguson or a Masvidal or somebody like that. Well, so, I mean, he kind of said Masvidal, he was kind of poking no, he, at Masvidal he, is what I got. He but. never went after Masvidal. He went after, uh, oh, forget the guy that was with Rogan um, calling the fight. That's, I think, oh, probably yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. the next fight. That'll probably, that makes sense. So we'll see what happens. Um, Boy, it was a fun night recording. It has been. It's it's been it's been fun. Kind of don't want it to end, but I know we have to. This so. might be might be a little long, but I'm telling you that totally worth 50 it. minutes of uh, of Jason Brown. If you're still with us now, it's because you, you're 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 still trying to. Those those are the dedicated ones. Yeah. yeah. So hope you enjoyed it. It's been a good time. We next have another going to be fantastic fun. guest again next week. Will is knocking it out of the park over here with these with these guests. So uh, we're excited. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow me on Twitter at NSS underscore Steve. I'm at at NSS underscore Zach. And at NSS underscore Will. Is that right? Yeah, Will's getting tired. He just yeah. about Well, mine's, mine's probably going to be Dazed and Confused Pig. Yeah, so, well, your at's not going to change. So, um, so find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Uh, make sure you have have subscribed and liked and shared the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Um, and, and enjoy. Gentlemen. And until next week. It's been fun. All righty. Woo Pig. Woo Pig. I just wanna ball, somebody I can call. Trophies on the wall, can I really have it all? I just wanna ball, somebody I can call. Trophies on the wall.